my love affair with hip hop, but never fade away. Sincerely yours, LL Cool J. Yo, it's another episode of the Encyclopedia Hip Hop Podcast. I'm eclectic, of course. Look, this episode we're doing 1990, the year. If you've been on the website, you already know we ranked the top 25 um, albums, hip hop albums in 1990. That was me, um, Amazing Jays, and the co host of tonight's show at 12 Cal. Um, so, we're going to talk about the things that happened in 1990 as far as hip hop's concerned. We're going to talk about the albums, of course. We're going to talk about the singles. You got the, the debut of Tribe Called Quest. You got the um, Hammer came out with his, with his Can't Touch This. We're All in the Same Gang came out in 1990. It's a whole bunch of, whole bunch of stuff. Cube went solo. Um, so that gave us America's Most Wanted. Anyway, this is the 1990s show. We're going to do every year, maybe until 2000, but we're definitely going to do 90, 90 through 97. We're definitely going to do that. Then we're going to hit the 80s. But um, So this is the first one, 1990. Um, after, the, after the theme song, we're going to get it. Only you, right. only you, you. Now this goes down to my people's representing me, a smooth operator operating correctly. Now this goes down to my people's representing me, collective relaxation. Now this goes down to my people's representing Rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies. E. You conceited bastard. Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies. Allow to introduce myself. You want the man. Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies. You said I'm not to eat. You want to make it perfect. Most critically acclaimed Pulitzer Prize winner, best storyteller, thug narrator. I went, I step up in the place, and yo, I step correct. Girls, rub on your titty. Got that head nod shit that make you work your neck. E. Look good, but fuck ugly. My attitude is all fucked up in real city. I got you stuck off the realness. We be the infamous. Flyest, OG pimp, hustler, gangster player, hardcore motherfucker living today. To be honest, I am totally and completely on his dick. Welcome back to the podcast, Encyclopedia Hip Hop. Um, thank you for streaming it and downloading it and sharing it and tweeting and Facebooking and whatever you're doing with it. That's uh, for the real hip hop fans. Uh, today we're going to go through the year 1990. Uh, new new thing for the podcast. Now you you listen to the crates I did in 1989. Um, if you've been to the website where we're doing the greatest albums of every year, we're going decade to decade, we're going year to year. Um, so we're gonna start with 1990. My co-host. I don't need. He's pretty much the the permanent co-host here. Yeah. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my, my friend Kyle here, uh, Twelve Kyle on Twitter and and everywhere that fine internet goods are sold. Yes, sir. Um, 
How you doing, sir? All is well, bro, man. All is well. First and foremost, man, got to thank you for bringing me back on, man. I mean, it feels like home, man. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm here in the studio. I got my feet kicked up, yeah. you know, got a little uh, a cigar unlit, you know. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here in my, in my, uh, my Fred Sanford smoking jacket, uh, you know, looking like a little dark skin heavy D. Uh, even sitting in my much, room much... with my smoking jacket on. <laughs> Yeah, no fireplace because it's uh, like 82 degrees in Atlanta. But uh, yeah, man, good to be back on the podcast, man. Anytime we can get on here and talk hip hop, man, you know, this this is where it's at. This is where you want to be. So if you're listening, pull up a chair, lock, you know, lock everything down and, and you don't want to miss this because you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna be entertained and educated uh, listening to this right here. No doubt. And so and so the way it goes is we're, we're doing every year. So this is 1990. You go on the website, we count it down. The uh, top 25 albums in 1990, and and this the the podcast is gonna go with it. We're gonna talk about the singles, the albums, the MCs, the feel, the the, the what was going on in the streets. Uh, so let's let's not um, uh, ramble on. Let's start. Let's start it off. Um, 1990. Mm-hmm. There's some noteworthy things that happened in 1990. Um, first of which. Ice Cube went solo. Huge. Yeah, so we we go from 88 when they blow up, NWA blows up, Easy Does It comes out to blow up. They're all over the place, uh, the world's most dangerous crew. And then something happened. Cube left NWA. What, what were you thinking? Message uh, to Benedict Arnold. No matter how hard you try to be, here's what they think about you. Um, I, I was I was surprised, man. I, I was really surprised because I was a huge NWA fan. Um, and you know how it is back, uh, how it was back then too. Um, as you, as groups develop, you know, you you have your favorites in the group. You know, it's not like I mean, like you'll like the group, but then there may be one or two cats that you're really checking for. Q was my guy, and then. Uh, as we, you know, found out later that Q was writing all the rhymes, it just made sense. I mean, because Easy couldn't rhyme. Oh, <laughs> but, man, <come> on. <laughs> not to talk about the deceased like my name was Rashawn Jamal, but, um, but yeah, you know, so I, I was, I was surprised because you got to keep in mind, like you said, at this day and time, nobody was, I mean, hip hop still was in its infancy. So, you know, people leaving groups. That was more stuff. That that was stuff that was more reserved for R and B. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. people went solo in R and B groups. Nobody went solo in a rap group. Yeah. And here it is, the world's most dangerous crew. I mean, they were being challenged by the FBI. They had to fuck the police song. I mean, they were everything in hip hop, and they were the bad boys of hip hop. They, you know, all black. The whole night. Their whole mantra. Their whole style was everything was just in your face. And the, the the guy who was in the forefront of it and who was the leader of the crew, 
was leaving. So that was huge, man, because we didn't know what that was, what what NWA was gonna sound like, and we didn't know how Ice Cube was gonna sound by himself. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't quite um, EPMD breaking up. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh my God, what's going on? But it was still, it was still big. Like you said, we didn't know what was gonna happen. We didn't know if NWA would keep on. We didn't know if Q was gonna be whack by himself. Now my favorite dude was Easy but right. that's, something, that's something else, you know. But um, the, the the other thing is you got to understand when that happened in 1990, there was no there was no Twitter, there was no right, TMZ, right. you know. It was if you didn't have MTV, you didn't even know it happened. Mm-hmm. You didn't even you had no idea if you didn't have uh, uh, TV Raps or Kurt Loader telling you what's going on. You didn't know, and it's and you know it's, it's a lot different now because we'd be all up in that mix, right, like right, yeah, right, right. this happened and this happened and all kind of fake stories. But um, yeah, that that shit was big in 1990. Um, Slick Rick went to prison in 1990, mm-hmm. so I mean and that came from nowhere. Again, if you didn't have MTV, you would have never known. You might not know today. <laughs> that he went to jail right <laughs> in 1990 <laughs> if you didn't have MTV because it wasn't it wasn't we weren't so nosy we, mm-hmm. it wasn't in Blackbeat you know we weren't you know flipping through uh, the, the rap rap pages and like yo he went to jail it was just yo this happened this is why you haven't heard a new album <laughs> he went to jail on some straight in the moment I feared shit right and and you know that, that was what was interesting about that was like like you said up until and this happened in 90 but i want to say man really probably about three or four years after that that's when i realized what he went to jail for because like you said news was so it was so sporadic Mm -hmm. you know i knew that he went to jail and and, you know for those of you listening who don't know he went to jail for shooting his cousin um and he led police on a high-speed chase and you know they eventually caught him or whatever like that and uh, he went to jail on attempted murder and um you know, but still, I mean, you know, yeah, it's it's somebody, and yeah, he, he, there was a you know dispute or whatever that led to him shooting at his cousin. But you know, nevertheless, you just like I said, the information was just so sporadic, man. You know, all you know is that you know if you listen to radio or if you watched MTV, you know, they said yeah, Slick Rick's going to jail, and that was it. You know, yeah. I, I didn't know, like I said, it was years later that I found I knew how much time he was getting, but I didn't know the circumstances behind him going to jail, and that was just crazy back then. Yeah, and. The thing is, we didn't, to put it bluntly, we didn't care. It wasn't nope. really our nope. business. It, and it's, it's these things still today aren't our business, but we, we we need to know so bad. It was like, yo, Slick Rick went to prison. Like, damn, that's fucked up. All right, so uh, let's see what Cube is up to. I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> you know, it's, it was the equivalent of uh, sports. It's... Uh, uh, LT is not playing for the Giants this week. Okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, hopefully he'll be back next week. It wasn't, right. yo, what happened? Did he get arrested? What was he, was he drunk? We don't care. We just we just want to be entertained. The thing about Slick Rick going to prison, it kind of, at the time, though, he could have been on top of the rap yeah. game. Oh, no question. I mean, no with question. Great Adventures dropped in 88, mm-hmm. and then that was, it's still probably... Depending on your list and depending on when you grew up, it's probably in your top five. Oh yeah, no question. And um, and you know he's coming off the strength of the show, Lottie Dottie, then the Great Adventures. He could do no wrong. He he no. didn't drop anything whack. And you know no. that 
that jail thing really, really hurt him. Yeah, I mean, it did because, you know, he... And, and, and people don't know, Russell Simmons bailed him out of jail, you know, before he was eventually sentenced to prison. But Russell Simmons bailed him out of jail, and he had enough time just to finish uh, his second album, The Rulers Back, which still was a, a, a very good album. You know, it's kind of hard to to follow up The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, like you said, arguably a top five album in, in hip-hop history. But, you know, it, it was, you know, when, I, when, when you think about it and you think about where Slick Rick was, I mean, it was almost like how it was when Tyson went. And I'm not putting Slick Rick in the in the in the stratosphere where Tyson was in boxing or what have you when Tyson went to jail. But you know, we lost some precious years with Slick Rick. And, you know, and like you said, it wasn't like today. You know, if a rapper goes to jail now, he can still put out a mixtape. He can still you know shoot yeah. like 15 videos. He's got enough discography to cover him for the, for the years. You know, guys like Ja Rule and Beanie Siegel, they go to jail, and I mean, you really don't even know that they've been at Lil Wayne. You know, Ti, you don't really know that this guy's been in jail because they have so much material out. But you know, you know, people weren't recording like that, and you didn't have that kind of, uh, you know, opportunity to express yourself. So yeah. it was unfortunate, man. We we lost a lot by not having Slick Rick. And you, even if you look at Slick Rick's career, you still kind of wonder like what could have been. Not to say he's a bum or anything like that, because he's still, you know, one of the greatest MCs of all time. But we lost some precious years that Slick Rick could have been on the microphone, you know, rocking. And you bring up a good point about, you know, uh, rappers these days with a whole bunch of songs in the, in the crates, you know, some, some like the Tupac got 30 albums worth of stuff <laughs> like that. It's because this is why the, the, the diamond or the golden era was so dope is because the MCs, they would rhyme and live for the moment. So if they went to the studio and did something, it was gonna hit the streets that week. Right. It wasn't like, yeah, now keep that, and then rap, <laughs> yeah, keep no. that. Exactly. It was like, yo, I said this, and now you listen to it. And they would just flood the streets with singles. They wouldn't be like, yo, I'm just gonna record a whole bunch of stuff for a record later, and, you mm-hmm. know? And that was, that was dope, you know? And, and it kept them current. It was like, if somebody said something about you, it's like, all right, I'm about to hit the studio and say something about you right back. Exactly. It wasn't like, yo, Hey, remember 10 years ago when MC Shan said this about Shy D? Well, yeah, this is what he recorded back then. Like, fuck, I don't care now. <laughs> exactly. <You know? laughs> um, also, 1990, Hammer. Mm-hmm. MC Hammer. This is before he was just Hammer. He was still MC. Uh, he super blew up. I mean, yes, now, he, he this was his third album, I think. The mm-hmm. second or third album by by now and you know people knew him but my man hit you with the rick james sample and <laughs> just blew up <laughs> he, my man won grammys he had cartoons didn't he have cereal i mean he yeah had the, he had it all he had the toys all yes well this is the crossover era you know and and the, and the thing was we liked when everybody was accepted by, you know, it wasn't just a black music. It's like, so when Run DMC made Walk This Way, it was like, yeah, you know, they blowing up. It's, it was crossover. Or when the Beastie Boys, you know, Beastie Boys dropped white people like black people like, and it was crossover. Mm-hmm. But the problem with Hammer, <laughs> everybody, people had a problem with Hammer. Now, one, he blew up beyond 
right. what was going on. So when Walk This Way came out, it wasn't no Walk This Way uh, crunch cereal. <laughs> right, see, right, right. You know, and they ain't had no cartoon, you know. Nope. Um, and if anybody deserved a cartoon, it would have been Run DMC. No but um, it, he went extra with it. I, and I think, and this is just my opinion, because I don't know, you know, I just can't go by what I was thinking. It's the fact that he blew up so big and crossed over so much, but the songs were weak. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they weren't the most lyrical. If he was spitting and everybody was like, yo, Hammer, we probably would have been like, all right, we got it. You're good. Mm-hmm. But it was like on the strength of this sample, you can't touch this. Like the, the, like the lyrics, is it really, you know, you can't re- if, if it was like um, children's story, Slick Rick dropped, and everybody was like, yo, this is the greatest thing. It's on Billboard. He's doing American Music Awards. We would have been like, all right, Slick Rick, we got it. It was Bismarck. We'd be like, bet. But it was this dude rapping like, it's the, it's the equivalent of uh, Tim Hardaway coming out and Allen <laughs> Iverson coming out and, right. and Mashburn coming out. And then everybody was like, oh, my God, Bobby Hurley has the greatest crossover of all time. We'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about, Bobby right, Hurley right, has right. the greatest crossover? And you know what? You know what? I, I think, and, and I, I understand exactly where, you, where you're going because I think a lot of people thought like that. I didn't really see Hammer like that because... I think his the music musically. I think he it was our it was like he never he. I mean he <laughs> you can never confuse Hammer with Rakim, you know. So, but his music, you know, as far as like the, you can't touch this or to turn this mother out, it was just dance music, and it you know it was him rapping on it. He wasn't gonna blow you away with his lyricism or anything like that, but it was just a good entertainment value. So when Hammer really really blew, I didn't really, for lack of a better term, take offense to it. Because he was just, I mean, his music was consistent. Right. You know, the, right. the hammer that I that I took offense with, you know, that funky headhunter crap that he oh. tried a few years later. Shouts to Pumps in the Bump. <laughs> and the Speedo. Nah, but see, this, the thing was. But I, but I get what you're saying. The thing a was, lot of felt like that. because it was this, it was this. If that was like, yo, here's a pop superstar, here's a pop guy. On the uh, on, on the level of you know whoever Janet and Michael's doing shit like that whatever it's like all right cool but they were like this guy's a rapper he's representing hip hop and everybody's like yo how was it's no he's it's it's impossible he's not and this this is the thing that people sleep on about Hammer now personally I was a Hammer fan oh yeah we all were and, but and I was a Hammer and, and fan nobody can say they weren't a Hammer fan because. It, Everybody had, you know, uh, uh, Hammer's album. Everybody. Well, see, but I was a Hammer fan from Feel My Power. Okay. The the, the, the first joint with with, with Ringham and, and and Let's Get It. Those were were my joints in the, the Pump It Up video. So I was a Hammer fan, but he he just got to the point where it's like you representing hip-hop like that now the thing that people sleep on about hammer is he used to diss the fuck out of people mm-hmm. and he would do it on this like his first album he was he dissed run dmc he dissed ducky fresh he dissed ll cool j i mean even right. on, on let's get it started i'm second to none from ducky fresh to ll or dj <laughs> He was dissing people. He had like fake um, Run DMCs on this video, like, yo, why are you doing this like that? So, 
So he's doing that, and then he's not even spitting, and he's just dancing around in spandex, mm-hmm. spandex and uh, jazz sandals, uh, jazz concert sandals. <laughs> <laughs> so people took offense, but but in 1990 though, as far as the charts, as far as sales, hey man, you could you can do nothing with them. Yeah, that, that's true, and and I mean you know. I, I always say people can say what they want, but everybody had that album. Every, yeah. I mean, it went diamond. You know, he sold all these records and everything like that. And he was consistent with who he was, like I said, up until he became the funky headhunter. But at the end of the day, you know, Hammer, I mean, he just, I, I don't think anybody anticipated, I don't, in, in his wildest dreams, I don't think he could have anticipated doing that because, you know, and I'm pretty sure there was a whole bunch of people saying, man, damn, we could have, we could have sampled Rick James a long time ago. If you know, Rick James but, was like, I should have sampled <laughs> Rick James a long time ago. You know, exactly. So, um, you know, and, and I always said, Hammer got more play with the Rick James. Rick James never got that kind of play on MTV back in the day, you know, when, when, when Super Freak was out and, and the sample got him, you know, I mean, millions and millions of dollars. Um, you know the bugged out thing though? What's that? You Can't Touch This was never number one on the billboard. Wow, I didn't know that. And it stopped at number eight. It never went past number eight. Mm-hmm. But mm. but that was, it was everywhere. Yeah, it was everywhere. I mean, it, it was to the point where if you were coming up in that era, that era where we were, um, you got tired of hearing it because it was on, it was on black radio stations, it was white radio stations, it was on MTV. It was everywhere. Hammer was everywhere. And it, it, I think, you know, through no fault of his own, it just, he became oversaturated. And then it was just like, oh, man, now we got to listen to Hammer again. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. And, you know, what the 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 thing people don't understand is, is that a lot of people, you know, in the black community, hip hop community, they got mad at Hammer for, quote unquote, crossing over and selling out. And that's what everybody does now. And I, I don't mean sell out, but because I don't think Hammer made those records trying to shoot for the charts. He was just trying to make good dance music. He was trying to make good dance music and trying to make money. And people, Pepsi came to him like here and he was like, and Taco Bell came to him. Yeah, Taco Bell, chicken commercials. I mean, and ain't no difference than what Beyonce is doing right now. Nope. I mean, and and Hammer paved the way for a lot for (laughs) in a a strange way, Hammer paved the way for Jay-Z, for Puffy, for Master P and all these, everybody else who's made it big in hip because it wasn't cool back then like you hip-hop was supposed to stay underground if you let some of the purists and i don't mean under i mean like real literally underground it wasn't supposed it wasn't you know people would tell you that it wasn't meant to be on bet it wasn't meant to be on mtv you weren't meant to have you know videos with people dancing and having a good time it was it's supposed to be grimy and underground and supposed to be about the streets and you know hammer introduced hammer for you know his his part he introduced a lot of it, it, the music to, you know, pop culture. And, you know, people didn't have, people had a problem with that, but, you know, it, it is what it is, man. I, I'm not going to front on Hammer because I got the album and I still got the album. Hey, <laughs> I, I mean, that, that album, look, he sampled the hell out of songs on that. Like, I mean, people just look at him for the Rick James sample. Dude sampled the Shy Lights. Yep. He sampled When Doves Cry. He sampled yep. Dancing Machine. Oh, by the Jackson Five, he sampled Marvin Gaye. <laughs> that that one album, yeah, it's, it's, it's good that it happened before the big uh, sample clearing joints. But um, right, right. But, but that was a thing. Um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It doesn't seem like Cube wow. going solo 
and Slick Rick go into prison and you can't touch this, that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air came out in the same year. It seemed like that was mm-hmm. should have been like five years later, but but it but it wasn't. <laughs> And that and that was a good. I mean, I, I think that was a very good series because it got a chance. It, it, you know, even if you look at the intro of how the show comes on, that was Fresh Prince. That was, you know, the the intro that you see on the show and Fresh Prince. That's who Fresh Prince was, and it got it gave him a chance to, you know, really really shine. But what people would realize at 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 a very critical moment, very early in Will Smith's you know career, was that he was a pretty good actor and people liked him. And so he went from, you know, Fresh Prince and, you know, DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince and Ready Rock. See, he went from that to being on TV. And I mean, you putting up ratings, you know, like the Cosby show. So that was huge. And it was it, it was huge for him and huge for hip hop too as well. Yeah. And it was, it was basically because hip hop wasn't really on TV, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we, we got no hip hop. The bucked out thing is he just blew up off of straight off of parents just don't understand. If yep. it wasn't for that joint, it'd be no no Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It wouldn't have never happened. I mean, he never even acted before Fresh Prince yep. of Bel Air. It was just he, he didn't they they just developed the uh, the joint for him. The bugged out thing is the whole kid and play Fresh Prince of Bel Air uh, flip flop though that um that happened. Mm-hmm. And you know what you know what's funny? I, I remember. I remember I was listening to Paid in Full one day and I was, you know, I was young and, and, and I remember my dad, he he asked me what I was listening to and I said, well, I'm listening to Airbnb and Rakim, you know, it's Paid in Full. And he said, well, you know, h- h- how do they sound? He's like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't sound as good as that Jazzy Jeff. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, and and that- he didn't even know Fresh Prince. He just said he would just because he knew parents just on it. He loved that song. Hmm. He said, oh, he's got nothing on Jazzy Jeff. I don't know who this Jay-Z guy is, but he's got nothing on Jazzy Jeff. I yeah. mean, like he would say stuff like that. And it was and that was back when just because they name went first. Exactly. That was when people thought Rakim was Eric B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you didn't have DJ in front of your name, people just be like whatever names first. That's the rapper. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it, it's crazy that um, that that blew up and and because I like the early Fresh Prince, the Rock the House Fresh Prince was dope. Oh, dope, dope as hell. At the end, the, the he's the DJ. I'm the rapper was an incredible album. I mean, the tape was it had like thirty thousand damn songs. It was like a double tape. And then, too, remember, remember, we've talked about this before on my show and, and, and probably on a couple of your podcasts. Uh, and and it, that, in that era, we got this kind of music, but we'll never get it again, where you had just a couple, you had maybe two or three tracks. It's just DJ tracks. Mm-hmm. Where your DJ is just scratching. That's it. You know, and, and I know you, you you don't like Chinese arithmetic. <laughs> I mean, I don't like it as much as everything else. I mean, you know, it's not an awful thing, but it's like I love it. I, I don't um, need it. It's like a commercial break on that. On but that uh, but, but yeah, you know, and, and we'll never. It's it's safe to say we'll never have that again in hip hop because you know the DJ is damn near extinct, and and that's another story for another show. But um, but yeah, it's um, uh, that he, he's the DJ. He's the DJ, and I'm the rapper. But like you said, Rock the House was phenomenal album too and 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 low-key they had to make he's a dj i'm the rapper because everybody was calling jazzy jeff the rapper right. <laughs> so they had to make that choice. yeah will had no no identity yeah. um we got the last run dmc album mm-hmm. uh for for a while before they took their break um 
Run DMC got caught trying to keep up with the times. You know, in 1990, they did Back From Hell, and it just didn't go, you know, it didn't go the way it was supposed to. They were doing New Jack Swing type stuff, and, and yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, I think, and, and Run DMC, hands down, is one, or one of my favorite hip-hop groups of all time. I think, like you said, they, they kind of got caught in the mix you know, they had already had the walk this way and, you know, that success and everything like that. And that stuff is, is hard to duplicate uh, repeatedly on different albums because, you know, as you're growing, your fans are growing. And, you know, I understand that, you know, when you do a song like My Adidas, you know, that's huge, but you can't call, you can't follow that up with, you know, pop or poppy sounding songs, you know, in hip hop. Okay. You know, you, you're going to turn your fans off real quick. So even diehard fans like me, you know, I got the album, but I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, like, it just wasn't, it, it didn't, com it paled in comparison to King of Rock and, and, and the other albums as well, so. Yeah. After that joint, they took a three-year break and came, they came back pretty strong with the Down With The King. Mm-hmm. You know, so. That and they needed that break. Yeah. They they really did. They needed that break. So that was a thing. Um, last uh, uh, note noteworthy thing I could think of was uh, Puff. Uh, a young Sean Combs, he got his internship. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, he got his internship at Motown. Have uh, Heavy D, rest in peace, got him the gig. You know, so who would have known he would have flipped that and everything? He got um, he got he got Father MC. He got Joe mm -hmm. to on the Father MC joint. He got Mary J Blige on the Father MC joint. Queen, the Queen. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the killer. So you know. <laughs> So, so that, those are the, the, the big things that happened in, um, in, in 1990. Now look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about some of the uh, artists that debuted and, and the music, uh, 1990. And then we're going to get into the gritty uh, albums, and we'll talk about the best songs and everything. So, you know, so stay with us, and... Um, you know, we'll be back in a second. Well, it's about that time for us to get off. So cut the rattle, you'll get set in your saddle. Mount your horse, the countdown begun. The groove be just surprised. You don't see none all of a sudden. The curtain rise. Groove and I take a step to the podium. The crowd is in the uproar. Ship pandemonium. Girl, he's going. And all the brothers going. Hey, yo, I look the beat game. Now, you let the beat flow. watching the big picture. This is Tupac. Now <laughs> I'm watching the big picture. So, they do eh? Do it just like that. Do it just like that. Yo, this is Tupac. But you're watching the big picture, man. Kick some lyrics and, and uh, um, end it with, yo, you're watching Yo MTV Raps. Yo, I can't do that. Yeah, you need to do that. You better do that. Now I clown around when I hang around with the underground. Girls used to frown, sing them down when I come around. Gas me when they passed me. They used to smack me, but now they watch me on MTV Raps. Do it again? Yeah. <laughs> but now they watch me on Yo MTV Raps today with Ed Lover and Doc. Welcome back to the show. It's the 1990 show. We're talking all 1990 hip-hop. I'm here with 12 Cow, 12 yeah. Cow, radio, blog talk. Tell them where you be. 
man, I'm I'm everywhere, man. I'm in the podcast. I'm I'm in your speakers. I'm in your car stereo. I'm in your cassette decks. Um, uh, never put me in your box if you're shitty tapes. I like that. Um, <laughs> uh, check my, you can check out my show, uh, the 12 Radio Show, every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, just go to blogtalkradio.com backslash 12Kyle. Uh, if you're a sports fan, you can also check out my sports show. Uh, host the sports show every Tuesday night. 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Dead End Sports with my partners from uh, the website Dead End Hip Hop. Uh, that would be Ken B and FIFO. Uh, we have a good time. We talk sports each and every Tuesday night, so check that out, too, if you can. Like I said, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday, and then my show on Wednesdays. And uh, follow me on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, hit me up, at 12Kyle, the number one, two, K-Y-L-E. Yeah, and continuing on... Um, with the 1990, there was some notable debuts that happened that mm-hmm. year. We got our first Tribe Called Quest album. Um, now, living off of the um, 1989 uh, promos from the, the Jungle Brothers, promo, mm-hmm. promo number one, promo number two, Q-Tip yes, had a fade. Um, we got we got Tribe. Um, now, when Tribe dropped, were you... Were you all over it, or were you kind of like, eh, let me see what these guys are about? Initially, I wasn't. Um, bec- and, and I'm going to tell you why. Their look kind of threw me off, you know, because they didn't look like everybody, you know, they didn't look like anybody I had seen. And I, and I think the first... Um, the El Segundo joint. Yeah, the El Segundo was the first video that I saw. And um, I was like, man, hold on, these dudes sound kind of weird. And then, you know, the song... You know, left my wallet and El Segundo. It was kind of poppy, and it was just like you know, it was it was different. And the, but like you said, they were introduced on the strength of you know the JBs. So, and and that what what my my thought process was, and I'm pretty sure you like were like this too. If you're down with somebody, and and, and the person that you're down with is cool, then you got to be cool. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I was a fan of the JBs. So I'm like, okay, if they're, if they're down with the Jungle Brothers, Jungle Brothers endorsing these cats, they got to be cool. But I didn't pick. I, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't pick up Tribe probably until um, Can I Kick It came out. Yeah. So that video came out, and then I then I you know kind of started checking for them. Um, the whole album, I was late. I was later than most of my friends on that album. Uh, you know, whatever month that album dropped, I remember. I remember getting it probably about three or four months after it dropped. Like, and I was like, oh shit, you know, it's kind of hot. And you know, everybody was on some. Oh man, you just now getting that that type of thing. I was late on it, and and I don't. Other than like I said, just not really kind of feeling their look. Uh, I didn't really don't have any explanation as to why I was late on that album. Um, but a phenomenal album, phenomenal debut. Um, but yeah, that, that look kind of threw me off initially, but mm-hmm. I, I gravitated toward them because, like I said, they were down with JBs, and, and, and I was too. Yeah, most most people, most people I knew didn't even get People's Instinctive until after Low End Theory came out. I, I knew some people like that too. People was like, you know, because Low End Theory came out, and it was just, oh my God, back in the days on the Boulevard of London, people was like, who... What these are the uh, can I kick it dudes? Yeah, right. And it was like, yeah, yeah, those are the can I kick it Benita Applebaum dudes. It was like, mm-hmm. were they had an album before that, and then they would go get that album. They'd be like, yeah, that wasn't so bad. Um, the thing about Tribe was one, like you said, the 
the outfits that I think it was pretty much just what Fife was wearing in that <laughs> fucking video. I was like, what is what is my man wearing? And you know, they had that off the wall kind of thing. It was kind of like Daylight, cause cause they would give you Daylight came out with potholes in my lawn, and it was just a title. You like what the fuck? And they come out with I left my wallet and else. You like what? What kind of fucking titles? What happened to just you know paying full? <laughs> just I'm bad. You know why are you leaving Wallace and so so that kind of threw people off. But uh, the production was crazy on um, on the people's distinctive. The 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 knock that I had was it was almost no fife, and we didn't find out until the movie came out why. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I think what was interesting was, you know, when you heard the first album. And then the low end theory came out, and you were like, "Oh shit, who is this, who is this dude?" You know, like, "Oh shit, this is Fife." Like, I mean, Fife was just rhyme. I mean, you you listen to the first album, then you come back and listen to low end theory. It's almost like you got two different MCs when it, when you're talking about Fife. And like you said, the movie, uh, the Beast Rhymes of Life movie, told why that was and and, and how that came about. But um, but yeah, I, he was totally different on, on both albums. Cause I was like, man, Q-Tip was being a dick. And he held my man back on the first album, and I, I saw why. Because when Lord Theory kicked, he crushed it. He was better than Q-Tip on that album. My man said, "The Lord Theory's here. It's time to wreck shop." He, he crushed it, yeah. Um, so, so, so the tribe that was that was a big debut. Um, on the West Coast, we got Digital Underground. Mm-hmm. Now, Digital Underground, they came in way different than anybody because the first thing you saw from them, well, most people, was the Humpty Dance. Mm-hmm. And so, when it first came on, you know, most people, and you know, I can't speak for everybody, was looking like, seriously, what <laughs> is this dude with the Groucho Marx that was like, but. The bass line was crazy. Yep. And and we're still in the kind of the era where you come out with, if a rapper come out with a dance, it was, you know, because we still had the benchmark dance. It better be a hot-ass dance. But, yeah, <laughs> but they came out with a dance, and the, and the song was funny, you know. You know, so... The fact that that happened, and they went on with the... Nah, Humpty is, is this dude, and Shock G is this dude. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, it was like professional wrestling. They really went through, like, nah, this is for real. They would go right. on if your own TV raps, and, and Fat Five Freddy would be with Shock G, like, yo, I don't know where Humpty is. You gotta be over here somewhere. And then they would go find dude, and like, even in the video, if you, and I used to do this, I look at the video, I'm like, okay. I'm pretty sure that this other dude is the dude with the glasses and the, <laughs> right, and the right, joint. Right. But they would have Shock G in the background, like he was uh, a background singer, and they would, while Humpty was rapping. But it would be like a dude dressed up like Shock. But they would really try to make you think it was two different people, and it was crazy. Yeah, it was. It was, and it, and and. You know, once you got beyond the uh, once you got beyond the the, the novelty of um, you know Humpty Hump and, and Shock G and them going back and forth, that's a solid ass album, man. Oh, I mean, production wise, Sex Packets. Pack I mean, you you can put Sex Packets in, in your whip right now. Yeah, I said whip. You can put Sex Packets in the whip right now. Put in your in your earbuds, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to play it, and it still bangs to this day, man. 
What was your What was your songs off of Sex Packers? Um. Uh, yeah, the underwater I, rhymes. Yeah, that, uh, underwater rhymes was dope. Um, oh shit. Um, yeah, freaks um, of the industry. Freaks of the industry. Yeah, my, do what you like. My joint, my joint was the title. The the the. the sex, I love sex packets. Oh, and sex packets. Anger too. And packing man, I used, I used to be like, man, for real. If sex pack for for a good month or two. I thought they were for real. I thought Sex <laughs> Packets really existed. It was just some underground shit. I was like, yo, if those joints really... Just talk about that. If those joints really existed, though, it, nobody would ever get married. It would just be a rap. Man. It was, it, people would be single forever if those joints really existed. And so you got to remember, too, we were we were young then and, and you know, coming into our adolescence. So, yeah. you know, to hear something like that, we were like, oh, man, this shit got... You know, I mean, they're rapping about it. So, you know, we're thinking, okay, hey, this got to be real. Yeah, they made a whole <laughs> album about Sex packets, right? Yeah. <laughs> Freaks of the industry, uh, rhyming on the fo- the way we swing, way we swing, crazy. yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, everybody like do what you like. Um, yeah, the crazy, crazy. It'd be production. hard for us to find a bad song on that album. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, I think you know, production wise, it, it's. It, it definitely ranks right up there with uh, you know some of the some of the better albums of, and I think the only thing that people where people don't put it in like classic status from that particular time and that era is because one I think it, it takes you got to go through a lot to get a classic, mm-hmm. um, but also you know the novelty of Humpty Hump and Shock G kind of take away from it a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, there wasn't no clowning on paid in full. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, what you saw is what you got. But I, I think that just, you know, made the group what they were, man. And they still, like I said, that, that album still bangs to this day. Yeah. I, I listen to at least three or four of the tracks constantly. <laughs> um, We got Robert Van Winkle. He, uh, he debuted uh, <laughs> we got, on the on the strength of uh, hammer blowing up. We got we got Vanilla Ice, and um, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, because here's the thing: we, we we entered the corny corny rap era a little bit, and we had Hammer that was that was mad corny. Then we had the uh, Young MC, mm-hmm. and we and Vanilla Ice was technically no different except for he was white now the problem he had was we already had the beastie boys and third base and third base was spitting yep. so this dude yep. came out on some because here's the thing and not many people are going to say this as corny i guess you could say as uh ice ice baby was lyrically it was better than a lot of stuff that hammer and young mc was doing I mean, it was, but you know, at that particular time, hip hop wasn't gonna let it slide. <laughs> no, no, no. My man had the you red, know, white, and blue outfits. It, you know, and then the fact that he's in the video. I mean, keep in mind now, you know, he and then hit the success of the song, coupled with the fact that Hammer was already dancing. So you got this white guy dancing, and you know, the song is okay, but he's got this, you know, this this music going or whatever like that. And you see the video; he's he's dancing all in the video. You know, it, it was already you know the backlash was coming. <laughs> and so, the fact that you know he he didn't stand a chance. And the little slept on thing that he got the ice ice baby from school days. Right. <laughs> it was like, oh, for real. But, I mean, it, 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 was, it was an interesting time, man. Um, 
uh, D Nice, the uh, BDP Boogie Down Productions uh, beatbox. He was the beatbox for uh, for Boogie Down Productions. Shouts to Breath Control. He made his debut. Did you cop it? Uh, I had the um, the maxi single for uh, Call Me D Nice. Okay. T R A to wait. Call Me D Nice. I never I didn't never bought the album. Never got a, a dub of the album. But I had the. I had a dub of the um, no. I never even got a dub. I got a uh, I got the maxi single, mm-hmm. got the maxi single uh, of um, Call Me D Nice. But I never got the album. Of course, I heard the album because everybody had it. Yeah. Um, I just never bought it. That's all. No, no particular, no rhyme or reason why I did. No, never got a dub. But um, that was one still of the a good songs, album. That was one of the songs of the year. That Call Me D Nice. I mean, he he dropped he dropped a classic single. You know. Mm-hmm. Come, you know, although I hate to admit it, taking out your suckers and you don't know how I did it. <laughs> uh, I right. mean, I like the fact that back then, you know, you, if you didn't have a strong album, even though that album was nice, you crumbs on the table, TR808. Um, but that, that single uh, blew it up. Above the Law came out. Um, were, were you down with, with, with Above the Law? You know what? I do remember listening to Above the Law. Um... And then I remember they had a video for us. So I can't remember the name of the song. I should have written it down. Um, Above the Law was okay. You know, I, uh, I remember uh, one of the members, because his name always stood out to me, Cole 187. Cole 187. <laughs> Cole 187. Cole 187. Yeah, Cole 187. Yeah, with the U-M at the end. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they, you know, they were, what I liked about them was that they were, but they were another West Coast group that was just out there. And, um, you know they were out to kind of set the blaze on trail. Um, another group I didn't buy their album, but um, one of my best friends he had it, so I listened to it a, a lot because he played it a lot. Mm-hmm. I had the um, I had that joint living like I loved living like hustlers. The murder rap joint, another execution, balling, and the last song, the last song with N.W.A. Incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that one. So that uh, last, the last song. I can't. What, you remember the name of the song? It was called the last song. Don't you blaze that J? This is a low house experience. So you know it's gonna be some mega shit. So who is that? KMG will never be a trick. Step up to the mic like a baller, then I pimp this kid. And only I possess. I illustrated that way to get the shit on my chest. From ghetto raised to amaze the crowd is quite simple. KMG has degrees from uni of South Central. I'm a graduate, and it's all legit. From the pimping and balling and all that good shit, I have the mega thoughts in which I speak in a slang. While I'm kicking it with the G's from the ruthless gang Ain't nothing changed but the weather like I said before Cause I'm living like hustlers and I'm checking galore Yo, I have to give it up to the D.O.C. A ruthless brother is down with the KMG So I'll hail to the niggas that's turning it out And maybe then I'll take the gun barrel out of your mouth, out of your mouth, out of your mouth. Out of your mouth. From one generation to another Preserved and then transmitted Get it? Done the ruthless way, you know what I'm saying? So what's up, Dre? No, I'm a swinger. I'm not a motherfucking singer, but I bring a melody that always seems to ring a bell as well as make it so you can tell. Yo, it's coming from Compton where the ballers dwell. Cause I'm Dre, the motherfucking doctor causing propaganda. When I'm on the mic, I demand a little bit of time to express myself. I'm CD and wax, kicking the facts, and it's like that. A nigga with a motherfucking attitude. Know the deal, kicking some real shit. And if a sucker ever thinks he can get some, yo, step off. I'm kicking lyrics for the deaf and the dumb at any occasion. Getting the bitches with a mega persuasion. Then my dick starts to make an invasion. 
But show sure, I can't go on because this is the end of my part of the last song. Last song. Real last cheek song. from the streets. Villainous when he speaks. For all you busters who can't deal, give it up the real. Now when you see me, you're ducking and slipping, yo, then you fell down. You fucked up and finally figured who was the sell down. Pulling the pool, squashing the bull. The weak motherfuckers were smelling like shit, so I guess that they're full of it. And I love it when I dress like a crook, with a I don't give a fuck look. The villain was something up like a hero. Jacking all the niggas with beef, on for relief, I mean the zeros. The rest of the 100% was sent to do what I say in WA and ATL and we the doc is doing it oh so correctly see i broke it down for the ones who tried to check me but i can't be checked because i'm the checker when you see a nigga wreck believe that i'm the wrecker the right is for the fight and the left will attend when doing wrong mc ren is on the last song, last song. i'm a genius to temporary insanity gangsters dream bitches fantasy ruthless so now we've come to the payoff one motherfucking two motherfucking three it's the hip-hop thugs to easy e so i grab the mic and then i clear my throat first nigga kicking lyrics in a straight coat it's easy for me to come off like this so you can kiss my ass with a sun rays miss or just give me the pussy then i'll be straight and if you don't fuck it i'm asking Okay, okay. And, yeah. Um, you know, the thing the thing about um them was there was another West Coast group, but they was down with NWA. You know, it was the ruthless the ruthless posse, you know, cuz Dr. Dre produced mm -hmm. the Living Like Hustlers and and he, he did a lot of good work on that joint, but um the last song crazy. Crazy last song. Um uh, oh, no doubt. Compton's most wanted drop. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I wasn't really on Compton's Most Wanted like that. Except for I had a um I had mm -hmm. a maxi single for one time gaffled us up. And the dope thing about the the maxi single, shouts to DJ Wiz, this one man I showed him when I first bought it. It was a now this was a nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety. The mm -hmm. the tape was blue. Now you know, it's gonna be years until after that till we get the purple tape. You know, people going right. crazy over the purple tape, but this joint was blue. Now, when it dropped, we was just like, "Yo, it's a blue cassette." <laughs> we was just like, because we didn't right. really, we didn't really equate it to the Crips and everything. You know, because back then it was just like whatever. But you know, it was because you know, gang related. But it was a blue tape. One time, gaffled us up. That shit was crazy. But other than that. I wasn't really on. Um, Poor Righteous Teachers, um, they had their debut in 1990. Now, that was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting name. We didn't really know what Poor Righteous Teachers was at, at, at that time, but they had um, Rock This Funky Joint. And mm -hmm. everybody loves Rock This Funky Joint. <laughs> so, once that joint dropped, we everybody was like, all right, we'll, we'll see what they were about. But I don't know a lot of people that bought the album. I don't either. <laughs> did, did you have that joint? No, no, didn't have it. Um, 
I'm trying to think. The most, even some of the most diehard hip hop heads that I knew, nobody had it. Yeah. I'm, nobody, but everybody bumped the rock, you know, everybody bumped that, you know, bumped that single, but I don't I know anybody it. that had it. I, I definitely didn't have it. I had the out. I got it. I got the, I got the um, cassette and the, uh, but really, I only bumped like two, two, three songs off of it. I had to bump um, uh, Shaquille. Wake up from I remember that. That sounds incredible. Uh, shouts to the uh, the girl is mine sample. <laughs> um, and rock this funky joint. Can I start this? Was, was was pretty good too. But yeah, um, it was it dropped and people knew, but um, it wasn't. It didn't blow up the way it could have uh, blown up. You had um, MC Trouble came out in 1990. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. She was one of the first deaths, you know, people that died and people like it hit the hip hop community even more so than when Scott LaRock passed. Because maybe because she was a female, but um, MC MC Trouble, she had the the song "I Want to Make You Mine" with the Good Girls. Yep. She had that shout video. out to the Good Girls. Yeah, definitely shout out to the Good Girls. But um, she she made her debut with the uh, the. the well, she had an EP in 88, but the Gotta, Gotta Get a Grip came out in 1990. And, you know, it seemed like she was going to do what she needed to do. But 1991, she passed with um, heart failure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but she was on the um, she was on the House Party 2 soundtrack. And then, of course, um, um, Fife shouted her out on the low-end theory. Y'all, I'm out like Buster Douglas. I said, peace to MC Trouble. Rest in peace. Yeah. And um, so, so, so it's a shame that that happened. Um, but these are the things that popped off in 1990. Brand Nubian dropped. Now, yes, Brand Nubian. I got a different story about Brand Nubian than most people. So I'm gonna let you tell the people what you thought about the Brand Nubian when it came out first. I thought Brand Brand Nubian, much like a lot of people that I knew. Um, you know, I caught them on the first video and, uh, you know, unlike Tribe, you know, <laughs> you know, they had a different look too, but, um, you know, I just, something just, something just made me like say, yo, you got to listen to more of these cats. They just really, uh, and, and, um, I think it was Lord Jamar's voice, um, really just kind of stuck out at me and they had a look and they had a sound that was a little different from what we were used to hearing. And, um, I jumped on it, man. I jumped on. It. I remember getting. I remember getting the cassette tape, man. Went to uh, Ray's, uh, Ray's Records, right there in my hometown, Florence, South Carolina. Shout out to Ray's. Ray's still open, still selling records. I don't know who's buying records, but <laughs> Ray's is still open in my hometown. And this is, I'm talking, this is back when 1990. So you know, look how long ago it's been. What was but, your um, song on um, on on that joint on the one for all? Uh, my favorite song probably was Slow Down and uh, and One for All. It was probably my favorite two joints. See, when 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 One for All came out, see, this is the thing. For years before this, Grand Poobo was one of my favorite MCs, period. Now, for the majority 
of hip hop fans, Brand Nubian was the first time people heard of Grand Pooba. Mm-hmm. So they was like, all right, this is the dude, Grand Pooba's nice on here with Brand Nubian. But this was his second group. And people don't know that. And so right. I was down with Masters of Ceremony. That was his first group. So I had to tape everything, the whole joint. And so that was my dude then. And so when Brand Nubian dropped, I'm like, yo. Because they had broke up. The Master Ceremony broke up. Um, and I was like, yo, that's Grand Pooba. So I was already on. I didn't even need to know what else was going on. I knew if Grand Pooba was on it, I was on it. And um, my joint my joint was Wake Up. And, um, and, and who could get busy like this, man? Oh, man, you went back. <laughs> those joints. You know, those those joints was crazy. And I never liked Lord Jamal. I, I was I wanted him out of the group so bad. What? What what and I'll tell you why. Cause I'm I'm rocking to the joint. I'm rocking and my man came in and it was the first time I ever heard him. First thing I ever heard out of his mouth. I knew a girl named Tropicana. She's always juicing. I was like, what kind of fucking rhyme is that? <laughs> I was like, that is awful. I was like, that is that took absolutely no imagination. <laughs> no, I know a girl named Tropicana. She's always juicing. I was like, look, I can't, I can't deal with this dude. He was the drag on of <laughs> brand new. I was like, I never, <laughs> not the drag on. I never wanted to hear dude rhyme again. After, after just because he just that was the first first impression. I'm like, man, shut up. Um, other notables, uh, Granddaddy, Granddaddy IU. Were you down with Granddaddy IU? Uh, no. Granddaddy IU hit you with the something new. And the something new joint was so damn good. Dude was basically he was he was diet rock him. He was people never gave him a shot. But I did. And I'm sorry I didn't, but I just did. Dude, dude was literally he was diet rock him. Dude was really that dope. And and you know, we we gotta. Matter of fact, look, this is what we gotta do. Um, X Clan. What about X Clan? Van Glory. This is protected by the red, the black, and the green, with the key. Sissy. Okay. Of course, I'm a fan of red, the X Clan, baby. Yeah, I had that out. Had that out. Loved it. Yeah, it was a lot of good production on that joint. Uh, shout, shout out to Brother Jay and uh, Professor X, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, that I mean, they had, they gave you all kind of funk on that joint. It, 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 it was crazy. Um, what, what was your song on there? Mine was uh, "Heed the Word of the Brother." Yes, same here. "Heed yeah. the Word of the Brother," man. Still, still to this day, when it when it comes on, hey, I'm I'm jamming. Yeah, that joint, that joint was crazy. Um, I had that single, and um, and Grand Verbalizer, what time is it? What time is it? Yep. Incredible, incredible. But look, those were uh, the, the debuts, and since my man wasn't on uh, Granddaddy IU, we gotta at least go to break. Okay. With uh, with, with something new, you got this dude is incredible. Uh, something new. Uh, granddaddy out of you with the lady singing yeah we'll be back and we're gonna talk about the music album more albums and uh and, and songs after this it is
a world premiere. Crystal clear in your ear, so listen here. Yeah, it's something new, but I ain't no new kid, so don't fool yourself. The garbage that you did, ain't nothing changed, so don't act strange. I'll chew through your crew, so get out my range. Cause I'm calling shots while I make my appearance. No interruptions, no interference, so turn it up loud and let the bass thump. Give me the mic and watch the whole place jump. I kick a swift rap, sign the gift rap, so zip your lip. I ain't with that riff crap. I go for broke with the rhymes that I wrote. Flow quote for quote, even hit the high note. Brick bitch the chicks, I tricks the fix. So sway to the way K plays the mix, cause it's something Take me to the entrepreneur For sure, it's raw, literature, hardcore I'm light, but not white, quite bright That's right, a parasite bite I'll invite the fright night So let it be known, the rap zone I own So leave my bone and my microphone alone I get paid, my lovers get slaves You're going out like a roach I go out like raid I won't back up or freeze up Slack up or ease up Cause daddy, you is co-chewing them C's up I get raw with the rhymes I develop So all of you suckers, shut the Oh, I'll bend your chin and grin, you can't win, so spend 10 to get in, then get a pretend then, cause in the battle, I get rambunctious, so take heed, no need to pop junk, just step, step, and bow out gracefully, cause if not, then my man, your face will be damaged, in other words, sis, he hurt, this ain't Sesame Street, I ain't Ernie or Bert, when I'm through with you, your crew will be residue, so just get out my face, is what you better do, you want a brawl, just call that all, but if you don't come right, Taking a fall cause it's Take notes, grab your paper and pen as I teach and preach and reach any or each parasite or leech that you will impeach. I start the call, terminate the frauds while the crowd applauds for the Lord of Lords. I kick off like a ninja beef and I'll send you home and broken bones cause suckers I injure. And when I'm through, you can pass the brew. But for now, I got work to do. So no time to wait, don't debate or procrastinate. I'm ready to great cause the fans I fascinate. Shots are call, plugs are install. This is a ball, now it's time to brawl. Suckers get played out, walk slips are made out, punks get laid out, and K where's the fade out? Fade out away with those who come fronting here. What is you stupid? You can't get nothing here. So play your room or be doomed to rotten hell. You cold booty, it's off with the cotton now. Then you can get this boy, don't be ridiculous. I shoot more gifts than St. Nicholas. Men pretend to win, but then the gay begin to spin and blend again and again. With a distinguished style that you can recognize. And I fail to understand how the heck you guys borrow and bite and not have a guilty conscience. Then grab the mic and recite silly nonsense. Battle of you, you must have flipped your lid. Cause I'll take your pride like a stick-up kid. Bodily damage is done for those who try to stand close. While I swing and sing as smooth as Luther Vandross. Vandross is this and vows. And while I'm Move the crowd, you move the bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yo, girls, tell them what this is.
right, girls. Come on, all together now. Uh, welcome back to the show. It's the 1990 show. Hey, what's up, Kyle? Platinum, um, platinum, 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 yeah, you. Um, we're talking, we're talking uh, 1990, and your opinion. And this is, we're just gonna go year to year here. And I know 88 is a lot different, but mm-hmm. could you, did you notice any difference in style of the music between 89 and 90? Was it a drop, or was it? Did it get better to you from, from the previous year? I think, um, and, and that that question, man, made me think, man. I, I think there was a slight fall off from 88 to 90. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but when you, and you and I have talked about this, but when you look at the albums that came out at night, especially the, the top, there was about six or seven albums that came out in 1989. I mean, you could make a case that those albums that came out were the best, not just of that particular year, but some of the best albums in hip hop history. You know, so when you look at 89, you you go from 88 to 89, and then, you know, 90 comes, I think, I think there's a there's a slight drop off because the 88 was you know we we talked about it 88 was the best year yeah that's untouchable yeah 88 is untouchable 89 was still very solid um you know but like I said when you look at 88 and 89 89 in particular there was just some phenomenal albums there's a slight drop off and like I said it's not like it's but I'll put it like this 90 could still hold its its own against anything else that dropped right now yeah <laughs> you know but i think i think the difference is it was starting to shift a little bit um you know we saw like you said guys like ice cube going solo the groups were starting to become a little bit more prevalent you know because you had you know you had tribe you had uh you know like some of the groups that we talked about earlier um some of the newer groups um so it was just a little slightly different. Not much difference. I think it, you, we were still in that uh, Afrocentric, you know, point of view. We, cats were still rocking their medallions. You know, it hadn't hip hop hadn't gotten thugged out, and we'll talk about that as in, in the year, you know, as we pro, you know proceed further and we talk about other years. So it hadn't even gotten to that point yet. So we were still conscious. You know, we were still rapping about parties. We were still rapping about having a good time. So it wasn't like, you know, hip hop had, you know, changed for the worse. Um, just a little slight, slight drop off, slight yeah. drop off. Very, I, you know what, to the, I'll put it like this, E, I don't think it was that noticeable. It is now, but back then it wasn't. Well, we got further away from multiple classic albums dropping. So the 90s albums were definitely weaker compared to the previous year. And it wasn't like this classic drop, this classic drop, this classic drop. It was like, yeah, these are some solid albums. It was solid albums instead of incredible, crazy classics. Um, so speaking of that, now we did a, um, the top 25 albums. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I ranked mine, you ranked yours, and Major J. Shout out to Major J's. He ranked his, and then we, uh, we averaged them up, and, and, and we posted it on the website. Now, overall, do you, do you agree with the rankings? Yeah, I, I do. I think, um, first and foremost, man, I, I, gotta, I give you a lot of grief, 
but um, you did a good job of putting it all together, man, because I think that's it's, it's hard to, first and foremost, man, it's hard to pull 20, 25 albums and say, hey, let's rank. It's, it's a lot harder than what you might think just to even to get 20 something albums together and then, you know, assemble a panel of people to say, hey, you break it down and tell me what you think. Not just say, and it was more to it than just saying, okay, well, hey, I think, you know, Mama said knock you out as number five, but you had to give a reason as to why. And then when you, especially as you get closer and closer to the top, you know, you start, you know, you, everybody has their favorites, but when you have to justify as to why you think Mama said knock you out was better than, you know, I don't know. Um, one for all. Yeah, one for all. You know, that's when it comes into, you know, sometimes, man, you, and, and I found myself, I don't know if you did this, but I found myself, you know, you got to go to, you got to go to YouTube or you got to go to, uh, you know, Wikipedia or Google and say, okay, well, okay, let me, now you got to look at the track listings. If you can't remember the tracks, you know, you got to look at the track listings and you really have to sit down and there's a science to it to, you know, kind of figure out as to why you're going to take one album over the other. So first, so now I, I didn't have a problem. I, I like the way it was ranked. Um, hopefully as we get, uh, you know, more years, uh, as we go a little further, hopefully, you know, more people will participate as far as um, in our selection process, because I think the more the merrier. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that'll make your job a little bit more <laughs> difficult. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a pain, but, <laughs> but, but um, you know, it'll be a good but, sampling. Yeah, yeah, but it, but I thought it was a very good list, man. Very good list. Very, uh, like I said, very well put together. And I think, um, you know, it, it's not easy at all. And it, and it's not easy just trying to, like I said, select it. If it, on, on my end, just trying to select songs and select different albums and saying, okay, well, hey, I'm going to take this album over that album, that type of thing. So, um, no, nah, that definitely props to you for, for putting it all together. So tell me this, with uh, all personal biases included, mm-hmm. <laughs> What are your personal top five albums of the year? Personal top five, man. That that is, um, you know, that that was tough too because, like I said, as you get closer and closer to the, t- you know, <laughs> when you, when you're picking one through, you know, when you're picking fifteen through twenty, it ain't that hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you could go based off of what you know or what you like. Um, but the closer and closer you get to the top ten, it gets a little bit more difficult. And I, and to be honest, yeah, I, I had to shuffle some around because oh, definitely. I was like, okay, I'm gonna put this here, and I was like, nah, you know, I like I'll give you an example before I give you my top, like, uh, two live crew, you know, as nasty as I think it was as nasty as they want to no, be. No, band, band in the USA, band in the USA. That you know, Luke will not, you, you, you he's not gonna, you know, you'll never confuse Luke with Rakim or anybody like that or Kara's one. But that album was significant. So, you know, the significance of the parental advisory sticker, the significance of being banned in in record stores, the significance of the fact that Luke said what he said on the album and, you know, took the fall for hip hop. I mean, he didn't feel like he was taking the fall for hip hop, but he did. Um, I think while it's not lyrical by any stretch of the imagination, the significance of the album and and where it would rank in history, I put it up there. If you look at my list, it's a little higher than probably most people would put that album. Yeah, because it was but, terrible. <laughs> but you know, if you but if you go into a Luke show, you know you might feel a little different. Mm. Um, that being said, man, my my top five. Uh, I'm gonna go with number five um, album we talked about a little earlier in the show. Uh, people People's Instinctive Travels by Tribe Called Quest, Tribe's first album. Mm-hmm. Um, phenomenal album I, I sometimes i kick myself because i really didn't 
I don't think I really, like you said, I, I got into it. I had it, but I don't think I really appreciated it until um, until Low End Theory dropped. And, and Low End Theory was, you know, one of my, still one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, not my favorite Tribe album, but we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> as years come up. Um, but a phenomenal album. Um, number four, uh, gotta go with Let the Rhythm Hit Him, Eric B and Rakim. Um, another solid album, solid. I mean, you, you can't go wrong. Rakim, everybody knows, anybody knows me. Rakim is my favorite MC of all time, the, the greatest MC of all time, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think he could, you know, Rakim is, he, he can do a, a, a decent album in his sleep. Um, this was a very good album. This was a very good album. Um, this reminds me of the summer of 90 because I play, I remember I played this tape the summer of 1990 all summer long. So when I went to pick up the girl in the car and my mom, you know, your mom let you hold a car. Hey, let the rhythm hit him is getting played. <laughs> you know, so she's like, why are you playing? I'm, I'm playing it. You know, when I went to pick up my boys, go to football practice, I'm playing it. You know, so it was, uh, you know, that, that, it was just that, that album. Um, Number three. Uh, <sighs> no, nah, I'm not going to sign, man. Your, your man, James Ty Smith, man. Um, LL Cool J, Uncle L, the future of the funk. Um, Records are recorded minus all the junk. <sighs> this guy. You, 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 at least we haven't mentioned AZ tonight. <laughs> but I got a feeling that's coming at some point in time tonight, even though he has nothing to do with tonight's show. Um... I love this album, man. I mean, I've been very critical of LL, uh, of, you know, pink cookies in a plastic bag getting crushed by buildings. Uh, I've been critical of uh, Headsprung and some of these other garbage-ass songs that LL have done over the years. Um, Accidental Racist. <laughs> Son, we're talking about 1990. But I know, I know, I know. But, and I know that shit got and, and I love LL. Let's stick with this, the topic. This album, man is you could make a case that this album could be number one. I mean, no skips, top to bottom. I remember, one, one thing I remember about this album, I was actually on a, a recruiting trip um, for football when I was in high school and um, went <laughs> and the recruiting trip was to a, a school called Fayetteville State. And the school school was god awful. I mean, I, and shout out to anybody listening who's a Fayetteville State alum. I was there was no way in hell I was going to Fayetteville State to play football. But um, what I do remember about the recruiting trip was that we got the album right before the recruiting trip or whatever, and we just played it in the car. Me and some of my teammates on the way all the way up to Fayetteville and back. And um, phenomenal album, man. LL, this was vintage LL. This I think was you know one of his defining moments in his career, man, as far as albums concerned. And you know, this album is still one album that, regardless of whether or not how much you like LL, if you're a fan or a huge fan like you are, um, you can still play it to this day, man. You can still play it to this day, and, and LL doesn't disappoint at any point in time during this album. Um, number two, this was tough, man, because two and one, I mean, I could literally flip-flop them, but... When I had to make a choice, number two is going to my boys, uh, Public Enemies, uh, Fear of a Black Planet. Um, 
I had to 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 kind of decide between this one and a number one album. I had to really I had to look at the track listing and, and figure out, okay, is there a skip on one of these albums that <laughs> you know where I could try to figure out between two? Phenomenal album. And I think it's hard when you look at a, at a group like Public Enemy who dropped, you know, it takes the nation a million. Well, first and foremost, um, you know, the first album was crazy. Then, you know, they come back with the second album, it takes a nation millions to hold us back. Um, then they come back with Fear of a Black Planet. And the production, uh, you know, just everything, the, the subject matter, where we were as a country at the time, um, pre-Rodney King riots, uh, phenomenal, man. Chuck D was on another level. Flavor Flav, you know, he was Flav. I mean, and and, and keep in mind there was some controversy, you know, by, by the time this album dropped with uh, Professor Griff. Um, so they were going through a lot as a group, but phenomenal album, man. Phenomenal album. It, this is an album that I will play every week. No lie. I still listen to it every week, at least once a week. Um, this album, as well as it takes nation to me, hold us back. And also my number one album, I listen to at least once a week. Uh, number one, man, O'Shea Jackson, man, Ice Cube, um, America's Most Wanted, um, phenomenal. I, I can't even, I can't even call this album phenomenal. This was Ice Cube's um, best album, um, I think. Now some people will argue, and I got into an argument on Twitter. Uh, shout out to my man Charles, who said um, he liked Death Certificate better. Um, I disagree. I think this album, especially at the at the at the time, because we really didn't know album-wise what Cube could do. He put out the EP, the Kill It Will EP, and that was tight. But I mean, it was only like five or six songs, so you really didn't get the the, the question was was can Cube carry a full album? Um, and I mean, he answered all the critics and everybody, you know, and more that and more. Um, top to bottom, man, just the production, you know, the joint with uh, PE. Um, you know, he didn't have a lot of guest features on it, or anything like that. Um, but man, Ice Cube, man, I mean, Once Upon a Time in the Projects, uh, <laughs> probably one of my favorite songs. Um, the title track, America's Most Wanted. Um, Ice Cube's lyrical wizardry was on full display and um if you're a fan of ice cube you'll love this album um like i said for me i play it every week so that's my top five right there man people's instinctive life um excuse me people's instinctive travel um that's gonna be number five and then number four let the rhythm hit them number three ll mama sit knock you out number two fear of a black planet and number one Ice Cube, America, cuz most wanted. Hmm. Well, that's a that's a strong five. That's a strong five. I don't think uh, besides besides one, we got different top fives. <laughs> but I, I I didn't rank mine based on what was the better album. I ranked mm -hmm. them based on what I listened to the most. So. Um, so I, I, people that's listening to this uh, this show, I'm not saying that these albums are better than you know all the ones that came out in 1990. I'm saying as far as my cassette player, this is what I listen to the most, and this is what I listen to the most even to this day. Um, EPMD.
done got too far gone. We got to let the girls know what they got to do for us. Came out with, uh, with, with business, with business as usual. Now, it's not my favorite EPMD album by far. I thought it was probably their weakest one. It's either that or the one after it. But, I mean, it had. It had Gold Digger. Yep. But it had. <laughs> it had. It gave us Red Man on Hardcore. Yep. We got a brand new Jane. But it had Rampage on it. And when you have Rampage on it, slow down, baby. And, and who was on Rampage? Uh, Eric Parrish and James Todd. The up, the master, the overlordian, playing MCs like an old accordion. I get the inspiration from a necessary station. I'm saying I was vacationing. You can't quote with your weaker throat, trying to sneak a peek at how I freak the notes. Major MCs become minor B flats. So retire the mic, get your chains in your bats. Here's your chance to advance, get in your stance. I shoot the holster off your cowboy pants. Pure entertainment, tonight's your arraignment. You're guilty, face down on the pavement no holes barred it's time to get scarred you and your squad better praise the real god the undertaker drop the thunder on fakers when it comes to lyrics i'm as freaky as saker so lay the mic down slow and careful because mine is fully loaded and i got another handful a clip to slip it and start ripping diving and dipping and giving punks a whipping just in case you want to go a few rounds or so i'm down so that your clowns are no me getting burnt to hurt won't be tolerated i got rhymes up the huh forget it i'm constipated L. slow down baby Slow down, baby. Okay. <laughs> it's incredible. So I had to get, I, I listened to that a lot, a lot, just on the strength of that. Um, the Brand Nubian joint. I love the Brand Nubian joint. We talked about that. Um, Above the Law, we talked about that. I listened to that album. I used to listen to Apple every day when I was in school. Um, and it was, it was because it wasn't in WA, but it was still some west coast stuff so because i didn't listen to a lot of west coast stuff i still don't okay. I, I never did but um it was just something about that album i really liked because it was different it wasn't they wasn't fuck the police and kill everybody but they were still kind of gangster and a little different um the surprise on here is legal legal by special ed Okay. I slept on the first Special Ed album. I mean, I, I got it, but I got it like way later. My, my man's was on it, but I was like, ah. So when he came out with his second joint, I was like, let me cop this. I don't want to be late like you know, on this one. And it was pretty damn dope. You know, he had some good stuff on there. Um, and of course, Mama Said Knock You Out. I mean, the album Mama Said Knock You Out is nothing short of incredible because people people's dissing Ella a little bit because of um, Walking with the Panther and really they were dissing Walking with the Panther because of the three love songs because if you take the three love songs off it's an incredible album because it had you know I'm the type of guy and big old butt and jingling baby I mean it had, it had legitimate hip hop classics but you know people was like yo I ain't like the three love songs, so they dissed it. So my man came back, and like you said, the first thing he said, hey. And you know, people's like, oh my God, this album's crazy. He's like, don't call it a comeback. I've been for years. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, it's not a comeback. I'm still, I've been making the joint. And you gotta understand, when that joint came out, he's already been in the game for six years. We talking about people's debut, like, yeah, mm -hmm. this is the first tribe. This is the first brand newbie. He's already been rocking for six years. 
So, you know, that's that was crazy. This was this was his fourth album, and we talking about um, you know people's debut. So that's what I'm. That's what I was rocking with. That's what I still rock with. I think um, um, Welcome to Pampa has so many classic songs on this crazy. I mean, Mama said I can what are your top five songs? Your favorite, if you could grab five songs, you was like, look, I, I need to go to, I'm driving to the mall, the mall's a little far, five songs deep. I'm only rocking with 1990. What are the five songs that you would rock the most? All right, five songs I would rock the most. Um, gotta go with Can I Kick It, you know? I mean, cause, and, and, and Can I Kick It still holds to this day. You know, you or I could go on Twitter, Facebook, and just say, "Can I kick?" I mean, you could be in a boardroom and say, "You know, if, if you sit down and somebody is in the room and just say, can I kick it?'" You know, or what's there going to be a response? Yes, you can. <laughs> you know, I mean, you you could be in church. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna try this when I go to church on Sunday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be sitting in the pew. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just standing. I'll be like, "Can I kick it?" And I'm gonna see what somebody says. I'm pretty sure somebody behind me, little old lady behind me, is gonna say, "Yes, you can." <laughs> uh, so for me, yeah, can I kick it? Um, surprisingly, man, I, I know this may surprise you, but um, can't touch this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, is it a hot lyrical song? But no, it's not. But a song from that year that you gotta play because everybody heard it. It was everywhere. I mean, like I said. That song was one of the few songs I can remember in my lifetime where you literally, you could hear that song on every station. I mean, you could hear it on R&B stations, adult contemporary stations, you could hear it on country stations, hear it on pop stations, I mean, everywhere. Um, so yeah, you can't touch this. Um, gotta go back to Tribe. Uh, Benita Applebaum. You know, another one. Very catchy hook. Um, tip was real smooth on it. Um, once the video came out, you know, everybody really was, you know, the chicks were kind of checking for, for these cats. So, yeah, Bonita Applebaum. Um, and James Todd Smith, man. Mama said knock you out. Uh, Mama said knock you out. Uh, and another one from LL, uh, Runaway Girl. Runaway Girl was probably, for me, the signature song on Mama Said Knock You Out because... You know, and LL had done, like you said, LL had, had done, you know, slow songs and done the love songs, whatever like that. But this was a, a Roundaway Girl was different because it was a shout out to, like you said, just the Roundaway Girl. But it was just so, it was everything to every, I mean, it almost talked about just about every woman. It wasn't a particular woman. She didn't have to be, you know, all high sedity or anything like that. Just the, it was just a shout out to those women who were just doing their thing every day. And hey, I'm gonna give you a shout out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you some love. And um, he didn't necessarily, it wasn't about, you know, her body or anything like that. You know, it wasn't anything sexual about the song. It was just an ode to, you know, the black woman, I think. And, um, and LL will always get props for that song. And I don't think anybody, nobody with a pulse hates that song. I mean, like, you know, you, you can have your detractors about you can't touch this. Find me somebody anywhere that don't like a runaway girl <laughs> you can um you can go to any club any lounge tonight or tomorrow or whenever and the dj puts it on everybody's on the dance floor 
It's a great song. Um, still love it. Uh, so I think, yeah, that's that's five. I'm, I'm going to throw out an honorable mention. This song is an honorable mention. It, it wasn't a, a hip-hop song per se, um, but it, like you said, if it's 1990 and I got to play it, I'm playing it, but people considered, some people considered this group a hip-hop group, even though they really weren't hip-hop. Uh, and that's Poison. BBD. Um, you got to play it. That's a song that I'm riding to the mall playing, you know, I mean, what can I say? Never trust a big button to smile. If I had to pick my five songs of the year, the 1990 joints, I'd go around the way, girl. And like you said, it was a shout out to the women. And the big difference is it wasn't black women. Mm-hmm. It was just women. Yep. You know, nowadays, if, you know, somebody says it's about some, it's it's about whatever, you know. It's about a black woman or her ass or something. It's, it's just like, hey, women, uh, uh, Lisa, Angela, Pamela, Pamela Ren- Renee, <laughs> Renee. Like, you know, y'all. Um, and the video showed that. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, I'm going to go with Benita Applebaum, but I'm going to go with the Benita Applebaum remix. I'm going to go with the Hootie mix. Uh, I love that joint. I I love that song. The, the Hootie mix is, is crazy. So that's two. Um, I'm gonna go with slow down. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go with slow down, Anything. even with Tropicana. Um, I'm gonna just cut it off right when Lord Jamal starts uh, rapping. But um, <laughs> my man just, hey baby, your hips are getting big. <laughs> I mean, nobody starts songs like that. That's crazy. Um, then I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Rampage. Right. I go with Rampage. That's that's four. Um, and and number one, number one must have 1990 song mahogany mahogany by oh. rick b and brock kim is one Damn. of the most incredible I, yo, songs how did i forget that i don't know but it's one of the most incredible songs ever made the bass is probably the best bass line of any song that and uh, love's gonna get you are the two best bass lines in hip-hop but mahogany okay oh oh my ladies in the house we're gonna do it like this. Me and King Capri was coolin' at the Palladium. Seen an all world cover girl. I said, hey lady, I'm sorry if you're in a rush. Don't let me hold you up or intervene or interrupt. But you got the look. I wanna get to know you better. I had to let her know, but yo, I didn't sweat her. Cause if you would've seen what I was seeing, almost look Korean or European. When she spoke, her accent was self-explanatory. Even her body language told a story. Her name was Mahogany, her twin's name was Ebony. I said, my name is Ra, and it's the King Capri. Since the music was loud, I said, let's take a walk so we can talk and see New York. Showtime didn't start until one o'clock, but once I entered your mind, I wouldn't want to stop. Caress your thoughts till we was thinking the same. Calm your nerves, massage each moment's a mineral, poetry's protein, verses and vitamins affect like codeine. Now tell me how you feel when I reveal a pill that'll heal your pain. She must have OD cause she couldn't resist. 
And she spoke slowly when she told me this. She said, over me, I'm going crazy. She rubbed me on my chest and called me Mr. Sexy. She said she want my kids and help me make my next G. Tell me I ain't finesse mahogany, huh? What a Eric B was uh, cool and that crazy lady of the casino all world cover girl. I said, hey lady, man. Yeah, so uh. so I'm gonna go. That's my number one. I and listen, I love LL. And I would put mm. three other LLs on, but mahogany has to be number one. And you and you know what that but but you 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 make a great point right there because I gave you two LLs on. I probably could give you <laughs> I probably could give you another one too if I you know if I really really tried. And I think that but that speaks volumes about where these albums were. Yeah, because we could have went boom and system. Yeah, I gave I think I gave you two tribe and two and two songs from LL. Yeah. And and. Damn, I forgot all about Mahogany. And I mean, like, and then there were other songs, like, I take a song like, Let's Talk About Sex. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like it was a you know, song to blow you away, but it was very relevant. Yeah. You know, and, and is that something I'm going to bump in the car? No, probably not. But, you know, when you look at the significance of the song and then when you throw in the video and where Salt and Pepper was as far as their impact on the game and what they were trying to do, I mean, great song. Great song. I hated that song. Shout out to Spinderella, though. <laughs> you can't shout out Spin and hate say you hated that song. Hey, she didn't rhyme on it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what, what? Besides, uh, let's talk about sex. What are the other slept on songs? Uh, give me, give me a couple slept on songs. Um, one song I think was slept on, and I, and I, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, I don't think I think it really probably could have blown a lot bigger than it was, and that was Gold Digger. Um, I, I think people people slept on Gold Digger. I think as far as the production wise, and don't get me wrong, it was a very popular song. But I think like that could have and probably should have been like a major, major, major hit. Because if you think about EPMD in their career, you know they had they were very solid, you know, but they didn't have the big, you know, big time crossover type hit. And then maybe it's because of you know who they were, the subject matter, whatever like that. But I think they should have and probably could have crossed over. But I think. That was a song that was kind of like ahead of its time, and it always—I don't think people really gave it the props that they should have given it, even though it was still a very popular song. Um, another one was um, from the Breaking Adams al uh, album, um, "Looking at the Front Door." Another popular song, but if you listen to what he's talking about, man, I mean, they—they they broke it down on it. Um, main source. Uh, yeah, but another. That came out in 91. No, that came out in 90. It came out in 91. No, it came out in the check it. Check it. I don't need to check it. I know <laughs> when I bought it. It came out in 91. I did my research. Um, And another one was uh, another uh, club. Before you finish, uh, everyone that's listening to this, after you hear this point right now, tweet at 12 Kyle and tell him that Breaking Adams came out in 1991. I'm talking about the song. I'm talking okay. about the song. Okay. Then, okay. Looking at the front door came out. Okay, okay. I'm just right. like so, breaking Adams, though. So, right. the la and the last one was uh, another club club banger. I didn't really, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really, I wasn't really checking for the song when it first came out. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was late on the song, but it's a, it's a song that still, you know, bumps in the club. Um, Treat them right. Chub Rock. Hmm, okay. I think that, I thought, I always thought that, well, and, and I, I, I'll say this. Maybe it wasn't slept on by most people, but it was slept on by me. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a, what you got? That's a decent song. Um, I only got a couple. 
I eat them up L. That was on uh, Mama Said I Jail. Yeah, I love that song. Bring on the most of <laughs> hoes. Those losers, those, because I'm ripping up shows. Hold your nose. Dead bodies all around. I leave scratch marks under the tears of a clown. Um, Manslaughter on EPMD. Mm-hmm. That track was crazy. And, and I think people slept on that. And um, one song that we haven't mentioned is um, YZ's Thinking of a Master Plan. Oh, yeah. Damn, I forgot about that one. See, it slept on. People we forget about. Yeah, very uh, much so. Very much so. Hold my calls and get in touch with ESD. Give him the message, give him a red alert. Tell him I need him, tell him it's time to work. Tell him I'm home. Thinking of my profits, going out in the world to teach knowledge to the brothers and sisters that don't know about the mother, about the right way to go. Stop them from selling out. Teach them what pride is all about. Go out and tell them it's time to take a stand. YZ is working, thinking of a master plan. I'm thinking of a master plan by YZ. That's pretty much all we cared about that he was gonna make. But um, that joint, that joint was crazy. Um, give me a couple of just bad songs. What were some of the worst songs to come out in 1990? Um, the two that stand out to me. Good, I got two as well. Uh, Knockin' Boots, Candyman. I like Knockin' Boots. I hated that shit. It's oh, terrible. Come on. Um. <laughs> And Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, all right. That's. I mean, that's fair. That's that's fair. I mean, neither one of them are incredibly super lyrical. Um, I went with Band in the USA. Oh, man. Come on. He, he got that from Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. He should have left it with Bruce Springsteen <sighs> and Courtney Cox. Um, but, yeah, that, that, mm-hmm. that song was terrible. Oh, yeah. I was embarrassed by that song when it came on TV. Um... But it was not worse than Big Daddy versus Dolomite. Allow me to introduce myself as the Big Daddy Kane. A smooth lover from around the way that's bound to drive any bitch insane. Well, Dolomite is my name. And rabbit and tapping is my game. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you something, Mr. Dolomite. The shit you talking years ago, I could see. But it's the 90s now when rap is all about me. Listen, when it comes down to rapping, I was through with it before you learned what to do with it. I'm the king, so I'm speaking. That mm. song was terrible. Yeah. You know what, man? For all players. And I think I mentioned it on the on the um on on the list. That's when you we started to when see the decline of Big Daddy, and, and it's unfortunate because I I don't think you got to you know that that was like a true representation of what Big Big Daddy stood for, and I mean BDK man still you know one of the pioneers in hip hop man I mean still you know Brooklyn's finest I mean he he helped birth you know guys like Jay Z and Biggie and you know he was very influential. Um, but yeah, that song wasn't that good. I, you know, well, you know what's was weird. I had totally forgotten about how bad that song was until you mentioned it just mm. now. <laughs> it was pretty damn bad. I can't lie, man. 
It was pretty damn bad. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that song. I, that, it's, you can pick a lot of stuff from that album. Um, okay, so we're, we're, we're getting down to the end here. Mm-hmm. Who's the group of the year? I'm guessing you're going to say Public Enemy. You would be guessing incorrect. Okay. Um, right. The group of the year is the freshman class, man. It, it, it's, it's Tribe. Hmm. I think, you know, that album, and, and, and it's weird because... I ranked Tribe's album fifth, and I ranked P.E. second with Fear of a Black Planet. But I think as far as, but P.E. P.E. was already, you know, they were already in the game already. So it wasn't like this was their first go around. Um, I think Tribe's impact was just phenomenal. And I think where, you know, they had kind of come out of left field. And, and I think what people have to understand is, you know, that whole native tongue movement um, you know, spearheaded by, you know, JBs and Tribe and those guys, I think they really just created a lane. And I think that's what was so different, wherein P.E. was already, you know, going down a certain way and they were, you know, blazing trails and things of that nature. Um, Tribe was just new, man. It was new and it was fresh and it was something different. And for everybody who was a little different, like you, a little weird, like you, um, <laughs> and me, I, I think you know we kind of gravitated towards those guys, man, because they, they it, it was just something just totally different from what we were used to seeing. And Tribe didn't apologize for what they were doing, and they were, you know, very quick to say, "Hey, this is us. We're we're a tribe called." I mean, just the name says it. The name says it all. A tribe called Quest. We're on a quest. We're we're on a mission to do certain things and i think that was key you know to what the music that they put out man so yeah group of the year man i'm i give it a slight edge to try man i was going back and forth over uh epmd it's, it's tough, tribe um, yeah it's tough um because i wasn't gonna give it to p i i, I appreciate forever black planet but i mean i didn't like it as much as everybody else did okay um so now, now why, why didn't you what i guess the question what didn't you like about it um, what I didn't like about it was it was so much further from their other joints. It was. Um, my favorite public enemy joint is Yo Bummer Shows, the first album. That's my favorite one. Right. And um, and then, of course, Nations and Millions. So once, once this happened, I mean, I don't know. I, I love Welcome to the Terror Zone, but... Um, it was a lot of songs on there that I could do without hearing, and I was just like, "I, I fight the power." I just I heard it too much. Burn Hollywood, burn was dope because you had Cube and Big Daddy Kane together, and they had a video. But I was like, I don't really care. It, put it like this: if you tell me I'm gonna get a Chuck D, Big Daddy Kane Ice Cube song, I'm expecting more than Burn Hollywood, burn. So, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm expecting more than that. I'm, I get that. I get that. I'm expecting to just stop the car and just run out in the street like, yo, I can't believe I just heard that. So, um, 911 is a joke. It's, it's incredible, though. Um, so, I, I don't know. I just didn't. So, I'm going to go with Tribe 2. It was either Tribe or EPMD, but I go with Tribe because, you know, they made they made a bigger splash in 1990 than EPMD did. Um, all right. So, this is it. 
MC of the Year. I already know what you're going to say, but I'm gonna, let's play anyway. Uh, who was the MC of the Year? Once upon a time in the project, yo, I damn near had the record hope. <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. O'Shea Jackson, man. I mean, like I said, man, America's most wanted. You have to you have to quantify that album just because if you knew where cube was and i mean kill i, I don't i mean I, I was young so i don't remember like what the reviews were for kill it will but it was an ep it was more like a feeler yeah you know looking back on it now i, I think it was more like a feeler for them just kind of putting it out there to see what cube was going to do and of course you know they came back you know nwa was still going to you know they, they were still going to be making music um Killer, yeah, Will, man, Killer I mean, Will came out after America's Most Wanted. I thought, okay, I, for some reason, I thought it came out before. Mm -mm. Okay, okay, so you're right. So, you know, it's still either way, it's still Cube's first full-length solo album, and um, yeah, man, I just I, I was blown away by it. I was, you know, Ice Cube always impressed me lyrically, but you know, and and it doesn't, and I know he pissed off some people on the West Coast because it didn't sound like a West Coast album. Mm. But my thing was, was who cares? You know, he didn't have to have it sound like a, we already had West Coast albums from Ice Cube as far as NWA was concerned. You know, the fact that he took it East, got with the Bomb Squad and just, you know, came out with this product, I thought was just unreal, man. So I, I, I give it to Cube, man. Uh, uh, album of the year, give it to Ice Cube. Solo, solo album of the year. Um, I'm giving MC to get an LL. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that um, even though America's Most Wanted was dope and Killer Will was dope, and um, I think I think Cube had a good mm, three three classic songs and a, a whole bunch of solid songs. Uh, yeah, about three about three classics. You know, uh, once upon a time in the project. Um, Great song. <laughs> Makes most wanted. Um, uh, Jacket for Beats. Um, Jacket for Beats is incredible. And um, now Jacket for Beats wasn't on. That was on Killer Will. I'm talking. Yeah, we're, Will. we're talking the year. You know, okay, okay, okay. 1990. Okay. Um, so he had. He, you know, he dropped those, which was which is dope. But my man, you know, that that uh, Mama said Nike out. Put it like this: the Mama said Nike out is. People's parents know Mama said knock you out. They would say Mama said knock you out. It turned into it's in the lexicon. It's it's it's, it's just I'll give you that. You know, and, and, so. and and don't get me wrong, it was hard. It was that's who it was it was between Cuban and LL. Mm -hmm. And it's just that um so I, I'm gonna go with that because I, I know that I could listen to, you know, Mr. Good Bar and Boomer System and Round Away Girl, Six Minutes of Pleasure to the Break of Dawn. The, the classics is, is crazy. He had like five singles off the joint. Um, so that's the 1990, that's the 1990 uh, show. Um, but before we get out of here, let's, any, any final thoughts, any, um, any, any, any other things that we, we, we didn't mention, any, any corrections like Stat Boy? Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to make sure the people knew that was uh, popping off in 1990? I think uh, I think we mentioned some some great albums, and I think one thing that, and I've gotten a lot of feedback, and shout out to everybody who hit, who hit us up on Twitter uh, because people do listen to this podcast. A lot of people listen to the podcast. 
uh, we're going to definitely keep putting it out there, you know, especially once it gets completed. Um, you know, but I think what it does is is good to have these kind of shows because it exposes people. You, you know, you and I have it because we came through that era, but there's so many people that we come in contact, contact with via Twitter or Facebook or just everyday life who may or may not have been exposed to that. And I remember um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, young cat hit me up on Twitter. He said, well, hey, I, I wasn't, you know, I think he, the way he kind of explained, he said, I was, I was really, really small when, um, you know, Illmatic came out, but hearing you talk about it made me want to go listen. So I found the album and I started listening to it and it kind of blew me away. Cause you know, when you, when you're on Twitter or you're on Facebook or wherever, wherever you're talking about these albums and stuff, you're speaking of your knowledge and the experiences that you shared. And, and, you know, if I'm talking about paid in full and I could be talking about paid in full and someone's reading about it, who wasn't born when paid in full was, was, was made, you know, so that's, it's bugged out. But, um, I think one thing that I want people to take away from this man is that still some, like I said, some phenomenal albums, some, some phenomenal artists that came out in that time. And, um, just look at the talent. I mean, just look at the te- lot of talent we talked about tonight on the show, uh, from LL to Ice Cube to Tribe to, you know, some of these other groups that even came out to uh, Above the Law to Compton's Most Wanted. Very talented. Very talented. And I think when you look at today's landscape and you look at where music has come from, I think you'll get a better appreciation listening to shows like this because... Uh, it, it not only takes you back, but it also gives you a perspective of how good music was. Because the music we talked about tonight, you know, aside from, you know, one or two things, these are some great albums. Mm-hmm. I mean, great albums, and these are some great artists. Like you said, we mentioned Mama Said Knock. Mama Said Knock You Out, you know, top to bottom, man. I mean, you could, you could like I said, for our top five, you could make a case for all of these albums being some of the best albums in hip hop history, not just our, not just me and your top five, but you can go ask any hip hop historian, and they'll tell you the same thing. These albums are gonna fall in their top ten, you know, some top five, some top, you know, some will will be their number one albums. Um, so that's what I want people to get from these shows, man. Just the education and the knowledge that we drop, and we drop science, you know, we in the old old term right there. Uh, we drop science on these, man, and just keep listening and. Um, we're going to keep bringing it to you, man, because um, the years, although you know, as we move up in years, music, you'll see how the music has changed. But uh, a lot of great history here, man, a lot of great history here. And it's always good to revisit it. And then more, more importantly, go back and listen. If you don't have something that we talked about on the show, go listen to it. Go buy it. Go download it. Whatever you need to do, because trust me, you're going to get something from it. I promise you that. Yeah, no doubt. And um uh, uh show show error and my and my my uh, my fault. In my uh, songs, my five songs, I would be remiss if I didn't include Streets in New York by Koji Rap. Oh, damn. Uh, Koji uh Koji Rap dropped one of the best albums that year. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that was, that was bullshit. But uh, uh, Streets in New York, uh, that song is incredible. You had to put it on there. Shout-outs to uh, Rikers Island and Talk Like Sex. Yep, um, talk and, Like and, Sex. And, and, and incredible songs. Um, so, but, yeah, it, this, is, this, is, this is good. The 1990 joint. Um, yeah, speaking of coochie rap, 
G Rap, uh, Big Daddy Kane, we there's no more Juice Crew. Yeah, Juice Crew was kind of, kind of, kind of faded away, um, and you know, and then we get the rise of the Hit Squad actually mm-hmm. with the debut mm-hmm. of uh, Redman on the on the joint. Um, it's fun doing these shows. Um, I think it was a good idea, my idea, to do uh, year for year, starting in the 90s. I mean, we could do 20 shows on 1988, and that and that's why I didn't even I didn't even want to go there. We'll do that later once we hit. 99 if we get to 99 we probably start like 97 but once we get once we get you know through the 90s we'll hit the 80s right you know and we'll hit the 80s and we'll give you we'll give you your houdini and your utfo and we'll give you all of those um um but thank you for listening to the show um after this show the next show will be the crates i'm gonna do a crates joint for every year so you heard the 89 when you heard uh, Rex and Effects peanut butter. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, and uh, Gore- yeah, you, you, you Gore-Tex. You crazy, man, because you, you, and I told you, you you play some stuff, man. And and I think that's one of the things that I learned and that it, a, a lot of you can learn too as well by just by listening to these shows. To be exposed to, and like, he plays some stuff like I had never heard before. And, and you, as a hip hop head, you, you know, you know, we kind of, <laughs> you know, we kind of arrogant, we kind of cocky. We think we know everything. We think we've heard <laughs> everything. But when you play a song like, you know, uh, like you said, Peanut Butter, I'm like, man, I've never heard. Or, or you play a mix that's never been heard, like an exclusive mix. It almost kind of took you back to the, um, back in the day when the mixtape was the mixtape. And you really got exclusive. Like when Clue said, okay, I got Orange G had exclusive stuff, it was really, really exclusive. It wasn't like, you know, something that you, you know, had heard before. And I think that's that's good because you're able to when you go into crates, you're literally going into crates. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So so that's gonna be the next show. And then after that, um, we may we may get around to that um underrated, overrated joint. Um, otherwise, um, look forward to 1991. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, so we'll do a 1991 top 25 hip hop albums. The reason why I didn't do 90 um, singles because it's too hard to do songs. It, because if you think about it, we got the album, and each album might have three or four dope songs on it. And so you times that by 25, and then you try to rank those. That's crazy. You can't you can't rank the best songs. Uh, so we're going to do the top 25 albums in 1991, and then we do a podcast in 91, and then there'll be a Crates show in 91, and we'll, we'll keep going. Um, if you if you take a look at the website, we got um, I got a post, uh, Big Mouth versus You Talk Too Much, Houdini versus Run DMC. Um, we're still counting down the greatest story rhymes of hip-hop. Uh, the top 50, we're up to num- number 44, with Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble. Um, we're still counting down the top 20, 25 Bronx MCs. We're at number 17 with Cool Keith. Um, so there's there's a little there's a lot of things going on on the website. So check this out. Um, and if you if you're new to the podcast, uh, the podcast before this was the crates. Before that, we had special guest Kwame. He was mm-hmm. on the uh, on the show. Um, we had the podcast. We talked about Biggie, Jay Z, and Nas. Yep. We had um, a podcast with uh, Spinderella. So, 
just and then the blend tape before that. So just keep listening. Um, if you if you new, go go to the archives and listen to the old stuff. But um, in the meantime, in between time, uh, that's it. Crying, brothers dying, lying, 
dying in the streets, that's why we're trying to stop it from falling apart and going to waste and keeping the smile off a white face. In WA, never preaching, just teaching the knowledge of the streets to each and all. They don't understand, that's why we came to let you know that we're all in the same game. The J double, F, the A, the D, that is, and if you want the solution to the quiz, what's black and black, yo, and kills another, an ignorant sucker that isn't labeled as a brother but another. So now it's time we evolve and get together and solve it, cause the world is revolving around a terrible situation. One will kill another for a reputation, so it's time we stop and realize that we're all the same. Your train, tell them. We're all in the same game. Brothers. Killing other brothers I thought the idea was to love one another Open up the paper to one more death If y'all keep this up, then there'll be no one left I try my best to send an example Saying hype lyrics over hip-hop samples Not just to brag at the most But to inform comes a living in the calm Before the storm, you see I believe that the children of the future But what's it all about if in the future they shoot you We're all human beings if a cut would bleed And I want to see all young people succeed Do nine to five, not five to ten Just go to work and not to stay pen Cause you live better when you're out there free And that's coming straight to you from the young MC I'm in a rage Oh yeah, yo why is that G? Other races, they say we act like rats in a cage I tried to argue but check it Every night in the news, we prove them suckers right And I got the blues America, get busy Humpty The red, the white, the blue and The blue and the red for grips and bloods The white for who's got you doing time Busting caps on one another The underground's down for peace among brothers Kill a black man What? Yo what are you retarded? Tell him Humpty Yo, do you work for the clan? Do what you like Unless you like gang banging Let's see how many brothers leave us hanging The game that should hang is the one that contains The sisters and the brothers who are all in the same frame Of mind, I'm to get loose, it's unity time Yeah, yeah, peace is a presence that we all need The future's in our hands and word and deed I'm Terrible T and I'm Sweet LD We're 357, totally Kicking on the ad by the quarter to nine All the homies getting blind in the eight ball line Tip. They started running at the lip. Jumped in the deuce and took a little trip. Hit the block about 12 in the tick. The windows went down and the knives went click. People started yelling, bodies started bailing. Bullets go flying, sending something to hell in. It's gotta stop, we don't need all the violence. Peace in the hood and I'm over the silence. We got together, not for ego or fame. We got involved cause we're all in the same game. Yo, easy's no sellout. And if you can't hang in the streets, then get the hell out. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. You have your own freedom of choice who to listen to. You know good from bad, fat from foul, right from wrong. Now your mother's singing that sad song. My baby ain't never hurt nobody. But he still got smoked at baby's party. But you're not the first or the last. You're nothing but a short story from the past. You're dead now, not number one, but a zero. Take notes from Easy E, the violent hero. 